Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Brianne, thanks so much for being with us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Will you tell listeners your story? How did Stroller in the City come to be? Sure. So I, way back when, used to own a fashion showroom and I wound up selling it when my first child was born. And a year after being a stay-at-home mom, I guess I was craving some kind of creative outlet and there was no cool boys clothes back then. And coming from the fashion world, I was always on a mission to find something cool. So I decided to start Stroller in the City to document my finds being a new mom. And it's to be what it is today. It was just basically supposed to be for friends and family, you know, documenting my journey through motherhood. That's awesome. And so when you started it out, how did you get the word out? How did you get people to start kind of recognizing what you were doing? Well, it was mainly friends and family. And for two years, it was just friends and family. I would go to my play group weekly and just tell moms like, oh, you know, I just blogged about this today. And then after two years, a friend of mine said, you know, you really need to get on social media. So I opened a Facebook page as well as the Twitter account. And from there, I actually started getting invited to events that were for influencers. And I had no idea that any of this like kind of business even existed. So I remember being pregnant now with my daughter, Ciela, and going to my first event. I asked them what I needed to bring because in my head, I thought this was like a round table event. I had no idea. And I went to this event and it was sponsored by Stoka actually. And yeah, I just met all these other influencers there and they were like, oh yeah, well, you know, I make money this way and I make money that way. And that's kind of what I did. I would just go to events maybe like once or twice a month, get to know some brands. And then I started feeling comfortable reaching out. And, you know, at first nothing was monetary. It was trade product. And then I started having people, you know, call me about things. And then before you know it, I was with my third baby having conference calls, like literally an hour after I had her in the hospital with Grant. It was kind of crazy. So it's just, everything just happened organically. That's so cool. And I think that's actually like a really good point for listeners about if you have some like idea that you have for a business or something that you're excited about that maybe isn't like what you do actually today in your like day-to-day job, it really is about just like taking that first step and then kind of seeing where it goes and things do kind of happen. Like you just have to kind of like trust what the next step is as opposed to having this whole game plan. Cause it sounds like you really weren't like, I'm going to be a stroller in the city, mama, like, you know, with tons of followers. I didn't No, I didn't at all. Yeah. That's the same for me. People are always asking like, how'd you get to the book? I'm like, well, I just started hearing all these stories from moms and their struggles. And I was like, I got to write this down. Like the stuff that I wish that I had an hour to talk about in my clinic visits, I got to write all that stuff down. And then it turned into the books and the website and all that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. So your kids, obviously, like you said, they were super young. 
when you got started and you've done a ton of travel with them. Does some of them like the travel or some of them like not into it? Are they like, what's the vibe at your house on the travel? No, they they love to travel. They love, 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 love to travel, which is why we keep places that we go. It's amazing. It's great. And I started incorporating a couple of years ago, one-on-one trips with them. And that's something that they look forward to each year. So every year they're like, where are you going to take me now? So last year, my son Ryder, we went to Park City together to do some skiing and snowboarding. And then my middle daughter, Ciela, we went to London. Her middle name is London. So it was only fair that we let her go to London. And then for my third, uh, we were in Universal last year. So planning out this year already. I don't even know where else I should take them to, but they love, we love the family trips, obviously, because it's a time that we can all connect because our lives every day on a day-to-day basis are kind of crazy. So I do look forward to the traveling times, even if it's like a weekend getaway. But yeah, the one-on-one trips are fun too. Yeah. I actually think that's really important. I mean, I think that's good advice for everyone. I I do that with my older daughter. My younger is a little bit too young. She's only three, but my older one this past year, we went to the San Juan islands for like a four day deal together. And we just stayed in a hotel and like read books for days, you know, like went to like the lounge and got like fancy drinks. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun. Like it's amazing how much much more fun you can have with your kids when you're one-on-one sometimes, you know? It really is. True. And the best is when they reference it, when they're like, oh yeah, when I was here in London and this happened, I'm like, oh, you sound so worldly. I love it. You know, like it's, it's really rewarding when, when you know that they actually got something out of the travel for sure. Totally. Is there anything that you have learned over time traveling with your kids that you're like, oh, this is golden. Like this made the trip so much easier, especially when they were younger. Yes. So when they were younger, I had to take a flight from New York to LA by myself with the three kids. And I want to say that they were under five, I guess, five years old. So I was like complete panic mode. And a friend of mine said that for go to the 99 cent store, get a bunch of junk that they don't have, including some, you know, sweets and candies as well, or like snacks that they, they don't normally have on a regular basis. It could be healthy as well. And wrap them in tissue paper, each item. And for every hour that they behave, you can give them something else. And this worked like a charm for so many years, you know, just giving them like, okay, another hour went by. Okay, great. You can open up this toy or snack. Another thing is to obviously load their iPads, which is always so great. You know, they can watch a movie. Now they're at the age where they can read a book or watch a movie on their own. And I don't really have to help and assist them. But it was just little things like that, keeping them occupied all the time and doing it with things that they're not familiar with, that they were like, oh, this is so cool. Like it could have been, it was like a 99 cent, like little tiny notepad with no for the hour. Yeah. 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 It doesn't have to be super expensive. You know, the other thing that I found, like even at Target or at the drugstore where you can get like the little mess-free coloring or like sticker books or any of those things. <laughs> My mom is like the queen of, you know, those little stuffy or uh, puffy stickers that you can stick on. They have like unicorn ones or mermaid ones. It's Melissa and Doug that makes them. She has them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> those are amazing for little kids on a trip. They go all over the place, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. And even, you know what else? Not Play-Doh because that gets all over the place, but Silly Putty is really fun to have for them as well. Oh, that's a great idea. I wouldn't even think of Silly Putty, but you're right because it kind of all sticks together and stays together in the same area. 
Yeah, so you're not destroying the airline yeah. <laughs> or the seat. <laughs> yes, although I will say, if you are traveling, especially with a baby, because I remember feeling so guilty. I'd be on an airplane and I'd be feeling bad that my baby's crying. Like, no, mama, if you are traveling with your little ones, like you deserve it more than anyone else to be on that plane it, or the same amount as anyone else to be on that plane. Like, do not be apologizing and making people gifts, you know, because you have a crying baby. <laughs> Just ask for help when you need it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Totally. How about any disaster stories? Has anything ever gone like really, really poorly that you learned from when you're traveling with your kids? Nothing's been like super, super disastrous, but I do remember, you know, like you said, a crying baby on the plane. My daughter was struggling with like the turbulence and, you know, that's been always hard for her and her ears. And when she was a baby, obviously she was screaming about it because she couldn't vocalize that. And that was kind of a nightmare. It was like an entire hour of landing. And the minute we landed, she just stopped crying. And naturally, like everybody was staring at us on the plane. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so bad. But you just get through it. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? The the lifetime of memory that you have from like your travel versus a five-hour plane ride definitely outweighs that. So I always encourage parents to travel with their kids. Like, don't worry about the plane ride. I always hear moms, they're like, oh, no, I have a toddler and he's not ready for the plane. And I'm like, just do it. You know what I mean? You'll get through that time on the plane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I tell people to do is if you can, vacation-wise, like plan it so that you have an extra day when you come home to just chill out and get your life back in order and get your kids to be back in order. Because I don't know if if you experience this, but one of my colleague, work colleagues who's a pediatrician as well, is like, no good trip goes unpunished. And so I feel like the day after you come back, it's always just like crazy town at my house. And so I need that extra day to like... Oh, yeah. I mean, that just recently happened to us, you know, with traveling from... We went from cold weather to like a ski trip for two or three days to warm weather. And I think goodness that I had the two days to unpack before the craziness that went on this morning with getting everyone ready for back to school. Yeah, absolutely. You need it because you never know what's going to come up like illnesses or people are going to be jet lagged. And that to me makes it so that then those plane rides are worth it. Cause when I go on a horrible plane ride with my kids coming back from a vacation, and then that's like my final memory of being off of work, it makes you be like, I don't know that was worth it, but yeah, the extra day, you know, it kind of helps you kind of like soothe it out a little bit, smooth it out. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so if you guys have not seen Brianne's website and her trip, recent trip to Paris, holy cow, it looks so epic. So where did you stay? What area in Paris were you in? I did study abroad in Paris. So I'm like, I love Paris. Oh, it was amazing. So we first took a family trip to Paris in February as like an entire family. It was the first time the kids went. And then we got asked to go back again staying with One Fine Stay, which is an apartment rental area. And they have areas and you can choose from Paris, you can choose from Milan, London. They have all different places in Europe and they have these city collections, which are, you know, they're family friendly apartments, sort of like an Airbnb, but a little bit higher end. And it also comes with a concierge service. So like I can call them and say, Hey, I want to book macaroon making here and they book it for you. Or like, I like to have my refrigerator stocked when I come into town. So it was at one fine stay and we stayed in Saint Germain, which is one of my favorite parts of Paris. And because of the timing in the school, 
my two girls came with me. So I made it a girl's trip and I had the boys stay home. And then my photographer happened to be on the trip with us as well. So we were able to capture like all these like fun moments. Like whenever I'm with myself and the kids, it's very hard to like capture all of us together. It's always like me behind the camera. So it was such a treat to have her capture it. But it was great. We did all the girl things, like things that we didn't do back in February. So it was a lot of shopping. We did the macaroon making at Galleries Lafayette. Yeah, it was just so much fun. It was like such a fun girl trip. Hey, Mama. When I think about the times I have felt the most overwhelmed or discouraged as a mom, they all share one common theme. In all of them, I felt directionless or like I was headed in the wrong direction even. So I I dove into what can make it better for myself or for my family or just for life in general. I started thinking every day about how I was actually going to move toward where I wanted to be in six core areas. My dreams, spending time on what matters, making space for myself, taking care of my mental and physical health, parenting and partnership, and being really purposeful about understanding who my kids are, what their needs are, and how I can best parent them as individuals. And after a while, I realized I had something I could come back to when I felt rudderless, but also that I felt lost less often. So I started writing down for the ModernMommy.community more about these six core areas. And that's how the Parenting with Intention journal came to be. Because as I shared what I learned about intentional parenting with other mamas in my clinic or online, it resonated with them. We designed the Parenting with Intention journal to be quarterly, so you could start fresh every three months and be able to look back on the year in chunks and see your progress. If you're feeling like you could use some more intention in your motherhood journey, you can check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash shop. You can make your own journal with a notebook or even lined paper. You don't have to buy anything to do this. Above all, I hope you'll take at least five minutes a day to stop, slow it down, and really get intentional about what your motherhood journey is all about. That sounds awesome. And the one fine stay idea, I think sounds like such a good one for families. I mean, whenever you can set it up, when you go on a trip where someone else can prepare something for you or have the gear that you need when you get there, we go to Hawaii a lot. That's kind of our like family place that we like to go. And we always, when my kids were little, would shell out the extra money to have the person come like bring the pack of play with the pack of tray mat- play mattress and the like little seat for eating. Just all those things that make your life so much easier. Yes, you need it. Because especially like we took a red eye over. So I did the option of, yeah, like stock our fridge. So when we walked in, you know, it's let's say 10 o'clock in the morning, we had croissants waiting for us. Like it was such a treat. It was so amazing. I was like, great. All we have to do is like get in the shower and we're ready for the day, you know? So that was really cool. Yeah, that's great. And you said you took a red eye. How'd the girls do with the chime change and and all of that? Was there anything special you did to prepare them for that part? Not really. I was nervous at first when we started going and taking trips to Europe with such a big time change. But I think when you take a red eye, it kind of you're kind of caught up a little bit. So if you're landing, let's say at seven, eight o'clock, always request obviously an early check-in. Let the hotel know that you guys are taking a red eye because there's nothing you want to do more than get to the hotel after the plane. So if they're 
super exhausted and they didn't sleep on the flight, I would say we would sleep for about two hours and then wake up and get on with our day, just make it like an earlier bedtime to get them like all adjusted. And then it kind of worked out for us. I mean, a little bit later than they normally would, but I was fine with that. And, you know, obviously they were going to bed a little bit later during our trip. And then to come back home, I don't know why it's worked for us. Like every time we've been over to Europe, but like taking a 1 p.m. flight back home because of the time change there, you're getting home at let's say 5 p.m. New York time and then just putting them straight to bed at their time, let's say 8 p.m. And then it just gets them back on schedule, gets me back on schedule too. So I always request those times when I travel. That's such good advice. (laughs) Pro tips. I hope listeners are listening. These are total pro tips. I don't know why it works for me. (laughs) I love it. I bet you have it dialed too when it comes to packing. Like, are you one of those, like, do you have any special ways that you pack to make it super efficient? No, 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 I don't at all. I try in my head to get ahead of it. I will, will like, I, I definitely will try to do it days before rather than the night before because the feeling of, you know, total anxiety, like trying to pack for, you know, five different people is too much. So I try to like lay out stuff. I try to like kind of just put it off to the side. Like for example, we're going skiing this weekend. So I have in our house, it's not the neatest, but I have like all the have it just like sitting in a corner and I know I can just like pull from there immediately, you know, and put it in our luggage for this weekend. But I like to plan out outfits. I don't, I'm not that girl that just throws a bunch of stuff in the suitcase and like figures it out once you get there. I like the outfit planning and I'm definitely, it's sad to say I am for sure an overpacker, but I like options. Yeah. Well, that's part of the fun of going on the vacation in the first place, right? I mean, I always am kind of like in balance with my husband on this. My husband's a super efficient packer and he would love to just bring like two or three items and like call it good. And he would love it if I did that too. But I'm like, honey, this is like my two weeks to enjoy myself. We're going to Italy or whatever, you know, like I can't like wear the same thing. Like, you know, I I have to enjoy it. So I think like for listeners who are out there who have partners, I mean, just you got to balance that out, right? I think what I learned to do with my husband is just what irked him the most was that he would have to lug everything for me when he got there. So we made a deal that whatever I brought, I would carry. And then his other thing was, <laughs> was that he didn't want it to be clunky going through security. So now we have TSA PreCheck, which honestly, if there is something to invest money in, it's TSA PreCheck and global entry. But now I know like in order to make our marriage happy, (laughs) I just like make sure that I have like a really slick deal that I'm taking through the check-in process, like through the security process. And then I just pack whatever I want in my bag and carry it. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm the same too. I don't want any kind of like extras when you're going to security, especially when you have like three kids in tow. So everyone has their own backpack. They're responsible for packing that. I'll of course like add things like the night before that I see that they didn't take with them. But yeah, that's always like buttoned up for sure. There's nothing hanging out of those bags. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. So your job is so much about balancing because... I mean, at least from my stalking of you on the internet, it looked like you do a lot of your work from your home. So there's a lot of like, you know, balancing your kids' needs and balancing your professional needs. How do you do that on a daily basis? Or is it even possible? It's hard. 
it is hard. I mean, I have help. I have a babysitter that comes in four days a week. I also have help work-wise. Like I have an assistant that works with me. I have some virtual assistants as well. But now that the kids are all in school, I will take that time while they're in school, try to get out, you know, bust out as much work as I can. And then when it's pickup time, because I have three kids and they're in three different directions on a daily basis, I have to stop work and kind of just take them to their after school activities. And then unfortunately at night, in order to stay on top of things, our email. So I'm not waking up to like this crazy explosion in the morning, but it's hard. Like one day I'm like, you know, a pro at work and I'm like, oh my God, I got so much done. And then, you know, I didn't really tend to my kids as much as I wanted to or didn't cook dinner that night. So it's just a balancing act. And it's one day you're excelling in work and the other day you're excelling being a mom. Yeah. And it sounds like you're understanding that concept of like, it's not about being in perfect balance. It's about sometimes you have to lean into work a little bit. Sometimes you have to go like, "Eh, I need to dial it back because my kids need me a little bit more today. I found that when I try to be in perfect balance every day, that that's when usually I fail as opposed to being like, now is a moment that my kids really need me and I'm going all in on my kids. Or now is a moment when I need to like hit it hard at my job. (laughs) And the kids will be totally fine and I'll get my village to support me. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's how I am every single day. I like I try to do like a to-do list every day of like what has to get done and when I try to stay super organized, you know, as far as deadlines go and what the kids have at school. So yeah, I mean every day is a balancing act. But yet try not to focus too much on it and try, you know, just set some boundaries, but it's okay if you don't get everything accomplished that you wanted to that day. It'll be there the next day. Yeah. It sounds like you have kind of a productive time of day that you understand about yourself too. Like that time in between drop off and pick up and then maybe at night when you're trying to get everything done. Is that accurate? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I'm definitely most productive in the morning hours. So like if I am to write a blog post, if that is what I have to do that day, I have to get done in the morning because my brain is just fried by the end of the day. So I know that I'm not writing that blog post at night. Like I can answer emails at night, but I can't write the blog post. You know, I just know myself at this point of like what I have to do. And, you know, I just, the to-do list and like really looking and planning out your week and I think are super helpful for me. Yeah. No, I think that's actually really interesting. I want to like circle back to that and dig deeper because I think that a lot of experts or a lot of things that's like superficial on the internet out there about being productive for parents or for moms or like using their time well is all about like do the easiest thing first or do the thing that like check small things off your list and then get to the bigger thing so that way it doesn't feel so overwhelming. But I'm with you. I instead organize it more like when is the time that my brain functions best for writing? When is the time that my brain functions best for emailing? Or when, like, when do I have the time? What things could I do at a time when my brain doesn't function quite as well? Like that I can be a little bit more mindless about and what things do I need to like set aside for the time that my brain is really like at its peak? Right, exactly. And I mean, it took me a while to get here to figure it out, but three kids are in school. So I know I have like that time and that's my time to get things done. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have to order groceries, you know, once in a while I don't get, I love shopping at 
my grocery store. I love going to Whole Foods and like picking out my stuff for the week. But I know in reality, I can't get there all the time, you know? So I'll do, thank God Whole Foods is now on Amazon. So I'll just like order all that stuff. So that's made my life easy as well. You know, you just kind of like create your own schedule, like of what works for you, you know? I mean, of course, there's always a wrench here and there if someone comes home sick from school and stuff like that. But it's just checking those boxes every week and just getting through it. I bet there are other moms out there who are listening who work from home. Are there are there any guidelines you set up for your kids or like any way you set it up in your home so that when you, they are there and you're there working on things that they kind of understand like what the needs are that you have or like what their expectations are, or what your expectations are for your work? Well, when they were younger, okay, so if you have a young child, when they were younger, I used to wait for nap time for me to get on the computer and work. And, you know, they also went to bed super early. So it was really productive for me to, you know, once they were in bed, like six thirty, seven o'clock, I was working. They're involved too in my job. So they're taking photos with me. They're doing this, they're doing that. Like, for instance, this weekend, I kind of just said to them, like, look, I just need like an hour on the computer. Like, can I just get that time? And they were pretty respectful. They were like literally right next next to me playing. And, you know, I think now that they they kind of can entertain themselves, so it's a little bit easier for me. My youngest is six now. So if she really needs a glass of water, like my son can get it for her. Now that they're older, they kind of understand it a little bit more, but I just, you kind of just have to like talk to them and, you know, when they're little, they're not going to understand that, you know, so it's best to just wait when they're sleeping or napping to get your stuff done. Or the other thing is to just hire help sometimes and just say, so I had a college student when they were younger and I'd say, you're going to play with her. I'm here, you know, working and I'm trying to get this done. You know, or even if my husband's home for the weekend, I'll say to him, like, can you occupy them while I just like need, you know, an hour to myself. So it's kind of just telling and explaining everybody to, you know, what you need and what you're doing exactly. And then still get the picture and understand. Yeah. Carla Nomberg talks a ton about that in her book, How Not to Lose Your Bleep with Your Kids. <laughs> she talks a ton about single tasking as opposed to multitasking and being really communicative with your partner or with your kids when you need time to do something. So that a lot of moms will spend time trying to like check their email or trying to do something while they're in the presence of their kids, but their kids are trying to get their attention and they're still like continuing on trying to do their thing, but they're feeling guilty and like giving kind of like half attention to everybody. And what she talks about is really saying like, if you need to get something done either for pleasure or for yourself, like you want to go exercise or you need to do something like you need to just say to your kids, I will be back in five minutes or in 10 minutes. I need to complete one thing and then I'll be back to you and then give them their full, your full attention once you're back to them. And when you're little, sometimes that does mean, when they're little, sometimes that does mean, you know, distracting them for a short period of time. But yeah, I agree. Like over communicating, this is what's happening. I will be done at X time. Right, right. Because you know what, when you do try, and granted we do multitask, right? On day-to-day being a mom. But when you do, you mess something up for sure. Like I no, if I'm sitting in my kitchen trying to cook dinner and I'm trying to get emails at the same time, it's just not good. It's like not a good mix. So I have to learn to just like, okay, put down the phone. You're cooking dinner right now. You're not answering this email. It could wait, you know? It's just kind of setting boundaries for yourself for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I am so excited that I got to talk to you. And I think- Me too. Yeah, these are amazing tips and tricks. And even more important, I think just encouragement for other moms who are maybe interested in doing something similar to what you're doing or just who are interested in kind of forging their own path in maybe something that's slightly less traditional, that it is possible and it is kind of a step-by-step path. And will you let listeners know where to find you? Where can they find you on the web? Sure. So my website is www.strollerinthecity.com or at Instagram at Stroller in the City. Awesome. And can I ask you one more thing? I want to know just like, where's your next big trip to? Do you have anything exciting planned? Yeah, there's so much coming up. I'm actually going solo to Florence next week. I'm so excited. My assistant is coming with me for the first time and we are covering the Children's Fashion Week there. So it's going to be so much fun. I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. I've been dying to go for years coming from like the fashion industry. It's called Pity Bimbo and it's a kid's fashion week and buyers come from all over and they buy brands. So I'm excited to discover all the brands that are there and see everybody. So it's going to be so fun. So we fly into Milan, then we take the train over to Florence. I hope we get like a little bit of time in Milan while we're there. And then Two weeks after that, we're going on a Disney cruise, actually pulling my kids from school, which has been a thing that I'm going back and forth with my husband about that we're pulling them for five days. But they only live once, so we're going and we're making it happen. And then February break, if all the stars align, we will be in Portugal. Wow. Cool. Okay. Watch your life. It's a lot of travel, but it's so fun. No, that's awesome. Okay. Well, so you guys, you got to follow her then stroller in the city. So that way you can see all those amazing pictures. Have so much fun. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, hey, hey. If you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast so you're automatically notified every time we have powerful information, inspiration, and amazing guests to share with you. We would also be so honored if you shared the Modern Mommy Doc podcast with your friends by snapping a screenshot of this episode and posting it with hashtag Modern Mommy Doc so we can spread the word and help more mamas win at parenting without losing themselves. Thanks for being part of our community.